Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. Welcome back to another episode of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marion Gilman. How are you today, Marion? Always great, Mark. You know, it's always a great day when we get to do the podcast, right? It, it is. It is it's a, fun. It's a chilly, crisp fall day here in Massachusetts as we record it's this. It's actually just slightly warmer than it has been for the last couple of days. And I understand, you know, maybe we might see a little bit more of the... Slightly warmer weather, but it's cold. Maybe. There was, there was clearly frost on the ground this morning, Monday right? Monday morning was very cold. <laughs> it was very cold. And the wind, it doesn't help either. It re- oh, last night the wind was terrible. Yeah. yeah. No, no fun yeah. at all. No. But um, we've been busy. I mean, hopefully, if you, if you um, have been following what's been going on in the world, um, certainly from an economic standpoint, perhaps um, you're a little bit excited about what the market's done over the past week. Oh, the market's been great. It's been absolutely fabulous. But we don't want to spend too much time on one week performance because we know the week's prior performances weren't too great. That's right. And, you know, I, I know that we've heard a lot of um, concern lately because when they, people looked at the um end of October statements. Wasn't very pretty, was it? Not very good, right. But you should all know that the beginning of November has been very good. And that's because Mark was away on vacation. That's right. You keep so me he, away from the office, he, market he goes up. out of the office, so that's why the market went up. We all know that, right? Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then while you were away the week prior, the market just went down. Yeah, so I don't know what that says about <laughs> us. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know either. But generally, yeah. honestly, I mean, historically, the month of November has generally been a good month for the market, but, you know... That's statistically in history cannot be representative of what the future may hold. No. So we no. can have all sorts of reasons as to why the market goes up, why the market goes down. Look, it keeps CNBC and BBC and Fox Business and all of these other financial networks in business because they sit and predict what's going to happen today or within the hour and within the week. And how frequently are those predictions correct? Well, apparently, as an economist, you have to be right about 40% of the time. And, and you're, you're golden if you and do you, that. I if, mean, if that's, you like, that. that's great. Right. Yeah, because no, nobody knows what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. How, how'd you like to get, how'd you like to work a job where all all you had to do was get it right 40% of the time? Yeah. Huh? I wouldn't really want to drive a car from a company that only got it right 40% yeah. of the time, I, would you? No, how'd you like to work for an engineering company that <laughs> yeah. builds bridges or tunnels? Not good. You know, oh, we got it right 40% of the time. Yeah, so not bad, right? And, and meanwhile, these economists... They get paid millions of dollars right, right? just to say, here's our top 10 predictions for the year 2023. And if they get four of the 10 right, they're heroes. There you go. You know, and it's interesting, you know, some some economists do go back and they look and they say, well, here's what I got right and here's what I got wrong. But not many of not them. Not many of them. <laughs> they, they don't go back to reflect. No. Um, in fact, they just start a brand new list. Exactly. Or, well, you know, clean slate, right? Or or they say, well, th- this is what generally what they say when they don't hit their numbers or what their projections were. He says, well, at the time when I made this projection, here's what we knew. But 
things changed. And so I can't be held to my prediction in January because of these things that changed. Well, that's life. That that is life. And that's what planning is all about, too. We have to be nimble enough to recognize that we are building a strategy for you that is long term, not built to last a year or six months or three months. We're making decisions that are five years, 10 years, 20 years planning. Exactly. And so one month doesn't make the difference by any stretch of the imagination. So you've got to think long term. And you need to have a you need to have a portfolio that you can tolerate through the ups and downs of the market. And that's more the key to success than having something that's always going to be at the top, um, always growing the most when the market's growing the most, because that means it falls the most when the market declines. That's right. But understanding that that portfolio is one slice in the big picture of your financial life. Yes. And there's a lot of things you can control in your financial life. You can't control the market. That's right. What can you predict it? So what can you control? Well, you can control your spending. Sure I mean, can. that's a key. You, while you're working, you can control how much you save. Right. As well, how much you sock away into your 401k. And, and how, you know, if you start that early, you can control when you save. You start doing that early on, you have years and years of compounding. Your kids have years ahead of them of compounding. Right. You can also control the type of work you do and how you work and where you work. In fact, this week we met somebody that I found out he commutes two and a half hours every day to and from work. And he's been doing this for 16 years. That's shocking to me, given that I live about 10 minutes from the office. And I think that is is tedious sometimes. You know, I've always said that if I have to drive an hour somewhere, I'm spending the night. Yeah, exactly. And he does this every single day. Five hours in the car. You're giving up five hours of your life every day. Yeah, he told me he wakes up at 3.30 in the morning, gets to work by 6, then leaves work around 4.30, 5 o'clock to avoid traffic. Yikes. And then goes back home, goes to sleep so we can get up the next morning. And do it all over again. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I, I, I just, just don't understand. And in fact, his salary wasn't one that was so spectacular that it was worth that travel. And I thought to myself, geez, if you could get paid $10,000 less and work close to home, you'd, yeah. you'd have a, a life back. You wonder what they, what you pay in gas to do that wear and tear on the car. I mean, all of that, there's, there's a huge cost to commuting. And I know living closer to work might be more expensive initially. On the other hand, you know, the commute can just be so onerous and just Just the mental exhaustion of driving. So we have to really understand what is it that we can control? What is it that we can't control? And what is it that we want to control? And I think that's sometimes it because I said to him, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep driving back and forth? He says, you know, Mark, at the end of the day, it's the devil you know. And And it's inertia, right? It is inertia. People just don't want to make a move or... They think, well, you know, I could be in a worse situation, which you could, but maybe it's worth trying. Yeah, a- absolutely. And it and it's effort. And one yeah. of the things that we make as an effort every year is to travel to New York City to go to a conference run by Ron Barron. And in fact, this year, 38 of our clients joined us. Yeah, it was a great, great meeting. It always is. 
Um, it's always extremely informative. They have CEOs of four different companies um, speak at the meeting. The companies always vary. The CEOs always have something of interest to talk, to talk about. Um, and they have fabulous entertainment. Yeah, they do have fabulous entertainment. Who was the closing entertainment this year, Marion? Justin Timberlake. It was just remarkable. Yes, the you heard that correctly. Yes. Justin Timberlake in the Metropolitan Opera House was yeah. the closing entertainment. My daughter is beside herself because Justin Timberlake walked by her. Right next to her. Right next to her. I <laughs> saw him. Yeah, he surprised everybody walking down the aisle as opposed to like just showing up on stage. On stage. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So Mindy was a little blown away by that. But you know, one of the things that Ron shared with us um, was his perspective on inflation. And it's been a hot topic the past couple of years, right? It certainly has. You know, inflation has really heated up. And last year, inflation was running close to 9%. Those of you who are collecting Social Security benefits, you got an 8.7% increase in Social Security benefit last year because inflation was so high. And this year, it's going to be, what, 3 point something percent? Right now, it's running about 3.2%. And the, we had excellent news this week in that um, in October inflation was flat so mm -hmm. it didn't go up at all so the so the annual rate of increase inflation increase in inflation is 3.2 percent so and that's also a trigger as to why the market might have done so well this week absolutely um we, you know so things are slowing down the housing market is slowing down um, i actually heard this morning this morning as well a statistic that retail sales are slowing down a bit so it's not that we're going into a recession. It's not that people are thinking, oh, the consumer's gonna stop spending. We're not gonna be buying anything. It's just slowing down and going back to normal. After the, you know, after COVID, people had a lot of money to go out and spend because they got all the COVID checks. Um, so people have been spending a lot. I mean, restaurants, we've talked about this in the past, travel, all the things we couldn't do for two years. Yeah, Everyone it, did over the past Yeah, there was year. a report out that said that traveling to Europe is amongst the most expensive it's been in years, yet I People, can vouch for that. Right, because you, you went there. I just and, was there, yeah. And yet travel to Europe is at the highest level it's been prior to COVID. Yeah, it's remarkable. As a matter of fact, um, I'm, I'm a last-minute travel person very frequently, and we had to make reservations months in advance for hotels um, because so many people are traveling. We were going to Italy. So many people are traveling. Well, when we think about inflation, Ron actually shared, Ron Barron, who's the president um, CEO, I guess, of Barron Capital in New York, um, offered up a 30-year perspective on, as he celebrated his, the 30th year um, of doing this conference, about how different items have been impacted by inflation. And we have this chart that he provided to us that I thought was rather interesting. And Mary, maybe you can share some thoughts from that. Well, it's, it's fairly interesting. I mean, one of the things that um, an overall view of this is his his perspective is that the price of most goods and services doubles every 14 years. So, you know, again, that's that's a pretty significant increase when you're looking at a 30 year horizon. Um, the thing the the item that he found had the most inflation or the most cost increase was um, his home and and his home as a young 
person, very young, I guess, 1948 to 1955. And he lived in Asbury Park, same Asbury Park, New Jersey, uh, where Bruce Springsteen is from. I, yeah, I, yeah, I've heard that. Um, the cost of the home was $5,000 in 1948. In 2023, this, that same home would be worth $532,900. So that's a 106% increase. Well, what it really is. It's, well, a multiple, it's, I'm sorry. It's a multiple. But what it really is, is it references about a 6.4% annualized growth rate. Yeah. That's what that says. That means the inflation on his home went up 6.4%. So then he says, okay, well, I sold my home in 1955. Now I owned my second home in 1955 from 1975, for which I paid $20,000 for. Today, it's today. even though he doesn't live there anymore, if he went to Zillow and he found out what the value, what Zillow says the house is worth, the house for which he paid $20,000 for in 1955 is now worth $1.172 million. And you might think, oh my God. Well, just the value of inflation again, 6.2% inflation rate. Right. So that, again, sort of an average. And you know, we, when we talk about um, investing with clients, we typically use a six percent average annual rate of return. And in in this case, his homes appreciate. I right. mean, that's exactly what they but, would do. But now let's now let's talk about what we spend money on on a day to day basis. Right. Things like a gallon of gas. In 1960, Marion, how much was a gallon of gas? 31 cents. And today we complain about how expensive gas is at an average price of $3.47. Which is only just under a 4% annual increase in prices of gas. Right. Uh, not it, a lot. It, it, is, it is not outrageous. No, not Not at outrageous all. at all. Um, well, actually, I think another interesting one is gold. So a lot of um, a lot of individuals are very hot on investing in gold because that's a great you know investment, correct? Mm -hmm. Sure. Maybe not. If that's what people think. Yeah, maybe not. Nineteen seventy four, the cost of an ounce of gold was one hundred and eighty eight dollars. In twenty twenty three, one thousand eight hundred sixty five dollars. So that was an average annual rate of return of four point eight percent. So compare that to an, a, a traditional investment. Well, let's take a look at this. So let's go back. I mean, if you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you look at the S&P 500, um, the, the, for instance, the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average in 1982 was 795. That's right. Only three 700. digits. 795. <laughs> and today it's, call it's it 33. 4,000. Well, based upon when he did it, yeah. it was 33.5. It just went over thirty-five thousand today, yeah. um, but still thirty-three thousand gives you a nine point four percent annualized rate of return. But you know, we always say, "Oh, don't look at the Dow; it's not indicative because right. it's only thirty stocks." The S and P five hundred is a much better uh, view of the top five hundred companies in the U.S. And what happened with that? Uh, that was up nine point three percent over same time period. The same time period. So, yeah. so get this though. This is what we share, that this is the financial advice in a language you can understand. So you've heard this expression that the S&P over time has averaged around 9-ish percent. The Dow has averaged around 9-ish percent. But if you go back, believe all the way back to 1929, 
when it was actually the S&P 50, not the S&P 500. And it's since changed over time and grown into the S&P 500. If you look at the performance of that index every single year from 1929 to right now, do you know how many times the S&P actually ended the year between up between 5% and 10% a year? Not many. The answer is eight times. That's shocking, isn't which, it? Which really is. When everybody talks about the average rate of return of nine, here's the truth, folks. In order to get the result that you want, you need to be much higher than and periodically lower than what that average is going to be because the likelihood of you hitting 9% or in our case, if we're looking to build a balanced portfolio to earn 6% or 7%, you're not going to hit that annually, are you? Very rarely, very rarely. And, you know, what I find fascinating is, you know, most people will look at the, their houses and say, oh, well, real estate is a great investment because it never goes down. That is truly not the case. And you and I have lived through time frames when it has gone down or stayed flat. Um, but you don't sell your house every day, nor do you look at your the value of your house and price it every day. No, I mean, Zillow might throw a number up there, but... But Zillow's a number. What you actually sell it for is totally different from what Zillow says it's and worth. And Zillow has started doing ranges, and those ranges can be vast. Really, I mean, really hundred thousand dollar range, or you know, hundred and fifty thousand. So it's not accurate. And remember, you're not getting that every year. It's rare that you get that exact rate of return. Yeah. So so inflation is something that's very important. Something that we look at as we continue to look at our clients' portfolios. As you think about what costs of goods are. Look, the ultimate goal is to get inflation somewhere around two and a half to three percent. And you know, at three point two percent, we're just over it. Right. So, so we're close. We're settling back. Hopefully, your earnings, you're, you're earning more money. Hopefully, you're, you're investing smart because a lot of the folks that have a bulk of their money, certainly retirees, that might be relying on Social Security as their primary source of income, and then they said, "Well, the money that I have, I don't want to put it at risk. I want to keep it at the bank." Now. Yes, you can get around 5% on a CD right now. right now, but you couldn't two, three, five, ten years ago. No. And so your money... And it's money, likely in another year or two, you won't be able to get that either. That's right. So the money that you have that you're using to rely upon for your income may not be keeping up with the pace of inflation. And that's extremely important. You need to keep up with inflation. Yes, Social Security will go up again this year um, You know, the, with inflation, However, it doesn't account for all of the inflation in the things you buy. Remember, it's an average. It is not what you are spending your money on. Right, and remember many retirees who years ago retired with a pension yes. have not seen their pension increase at all. Yes. It's the same amount that they accepted some 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago while the cost of goods have grown exponentially. That's right. As we just showed, I mean, 6% a year on average over 30 years. So again, that erodes the value of your spending power. So if now's the time for you to get serious about your financial planning and investment management needs, I hope you'll give us a call. I think you'll get a sense that we truly understand the big picture of what's necessary to help you get there, to give you some clarity, to help you crystallize everything that you have in your financial life and get started down the right path or even if you're further along, whether it's in retirement, approaching retirement, preparing you for the next phase. We're ready to do that. Give us a call, 978-531-8108. 
That's 978-531-8108. Or of course, get any information you want on us, how to work with us, um, who we are, our newsletter, all that stuff. Just go to the web, freedmanfinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. We'll be here for you. That's going to do it for us today. Have a wonderful day, everybody. We'll be back again next week with more dollars and cents with Before Friedman. Before Thanksgiving Th- or after? If we, oh, ah, oh, I'm not that's sure right. when our newsletter comes out. So if we don't talk to you before then, have a wonderful turkey. You day. got that right. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. During today's dollars and cents episode with Freeman Financial, your host may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.